Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers, along with the whole Bible Information Brokers team. Gabriel is making sure all the technology is working well. Eric's ready to receive your phone call at 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. And he also participates in getting your questions from Facebook, email, tweet, messenger, and those type of questions also. And Brian and myself, we grab those questions uh, from those um, platforms and all those platforms, Facebook, tweet, email, uh, .com website, is all Bible Info Brokers. Very simple. Bible Info Brokers. You can get your questions in from various ways. We have Mark. We're going to get to your question about divorce uh, on Facebook. Anybody else have questions from Facebook? Email. Send us those questions at Bible Info Brokers Facebook email or tweet. I'll call Brother Eric. He's ready to receive your phone call at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Just like Gerald did, and we're going to bring Gerald back on the line and finish with his question in regards to this priest in Phoenix, Arizona, dealing with the gender fluidity, Craig, as they say. And uh, actually, I just found out a little research on that priest. He actually uh, quit uh, five days ago as well because of this. But Mm -hmm. let's get back into it. Okay, so I'll tell my story. So, again, we're ophthalmologists. We do this battery of tests on this gentleman, and we find that there's nothing physiological that we can find wrong with his eyes. And then finally he confesses that he just has this overwhelming feeling that he should be blind. He identifies as a blind person and that he will never be whole and complete unless he loses his sight, and he's hoping that actually we as ophthalmologists would uh, help him lose his sight, uh, you know, basically blind him and uh, through s- surgical methods, if you will. And so at any rate, we're a little, we're a little like, what? I mean, and, and, and again, now think about that. And, and this, this isn't just a hypothetical like nonsense. This is actually happening. It's called transableism instead of transgender. Wow. There's also what's called transspeciesism, which people believe like they're a cat or what have you. And so they, some would say, well, the only loving thing to do is to support them. I mean, mm. and I'd say, no, that's not true. Some things are not, with all due respect, they're not, they don't match reality. And I'm not helping a person by affirming the, their, their non, <laughs> talk about non-binary, they're not dealing with reality. Now, look, we don't have to be judgmental. We can love them. I would argue we can and should, and I want to make the distinction that we often do between love versus approval. You can and should love people and not approve, though, of some of the things they do and believe. So some people listening right now have children who are uh, older children. I mean, it could be 20, 30, 40 um, years old who, who are heavily into fentanyl and, uh, and are literally straight co- um, cocaine or uh, heroin. And, you know, I hope that you love your children and hope that they, they know you love them. But I'm also hoping you don't approve of you're not supporting their drug habit um, because that's not love. Uh, it, it's tough love, but it is affirming them as people loving them. When, I, I mean, I could do this all night long. I've got all kinds of stories like this, and these are actually true. Uh, uh, but another one, what if someone's suicidal and they believe that the only way they're going to be fulfilled is to, is to commit suicide as a Christian? As a believer in Jesus Christ, again, I want to love them and support them, but I want them to get all the help they can get. But 
I, I'm not, I can't condone suicide. Yeah. It, it's wrong. But I, I'm not going to just be judgmental. Well, you can't do that. That's sin. That's horrible. I mean, I want to love bomb them. I want to come alongside them, support them, and do all we can to help them. But I'm not going to agree that what they want to do is okay. And where the world is today, it wants us to say whether it's trans-ableism, transgenderism, transspeciesism. I mean, and I'm just going to say this. I'm going to give a nice version here quickly. Uh, people think the LGBTQ plus is the most avant-garde stuff. No, it's not. The most avant-garde stuff is called speciesism, as those who believe that uh, it, it is it is. Uh, discriminatory in a bad sense to against people and uh, well against some animals over others and that why can't people have relations I'll leave that that's a nice thing that nicely with with animals this actually is going on in the Netherlands this is already happening this is not some cr- crazy down thirty years down the road this is already here uh, people need to wake up and smell the coffee it's here and so. So transspeciesism would be one form of this, and even that we can and should assist people in suicide. And not just because, by the way, not just because they have stage 4 cancer or in the final throes of some, you know, obviously life-threatening illness, but because they just want to check out, that they think they're thrill-seekers and or they're just bored with life, and they want to move on. And so we should be able to assist them and no legal consequences. This is the world we're in. And so, Gerald, I know this is a long answer to your thing, uh, but but to me this is indicative of this. I believe we can and should show love to people, but that doesn't mean we buy into their stuff. And, for example, now I have to use their pronouns and call them a they or or otherwise, or whatever they want to be referred to. I don't believe that's really loving when I... I have a friend who says when I feed someone's insanity, and I don't mean to be mean-spirited. I'm not trying to use pejorative language, but uh, when when we uh, when we participate in someone's, in my opinion, break from reality, we're we're not helping them. That's not love. Uh, you don't help people do things that are just ultimately destructive to them and are, are not healthy. Ultimate so, enabling. Anyway, sorry, Gerald. That's a long answer to a short question, but that's that's what's going oh, I, on with that. I, I appreciate it. I, you know that that really um, it, it gives me clarity on, on on the situation, and you know, thank thank all you guys. God bless you. You too, Gerald. Appreciate your phone Thanks, call. Gerald, appreciate it. Yeah. You know, PCA that 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 whole. I'm looking at this uh, transspeciesism online and various things. You're talking about all the stuff that's going on in the Netherlands and people want to have relations and actually mm-hmm. I, I was I was just thinking about the idea that the people that were even trying to save uh, their pets in the Ukraine taking them on all the various things like that. I'm not, not arguing about pets and things like that we have but if we are left to our own devices, the Bible talks about that everyone thought what was right in their own eyes and if we ever did that and go back to it, we have a whole Bible that's uh, have a plethora of information on how God dealt with that situation. To dishonor your creator for creating who you are is uh, is not only a, a, a major form of disbelief, and that's the thing that's going to separate you of all eternity from the God that we're talking about that created us the way he did. Notwithstanding the sin of man, I have, have caused everything to, you know, go topsy-turvy. But listen, everything is not topsy-turvy every single thing like brian we were talking about karma earlier today about the things that can go wrong and you get punished for those things automatically no the grace of god is so 
so sufficient. The grace of God is so long suffering in in this regard that if it wasn't for that, Craig, if it wasn't for that, Brian, where would we be? Let's talk about that before we go to other calls and everything. Let me get the number out first, and then we're going to talk about why the grace of God is so not only efficient but so necessary unless man would just be doomed. But call right now, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. If you have a question, we want to deal with it from the biblical perspective. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. For Facebook questions, we're going to deal with some of those. Email questions on our .com website. While you're there, navigate through there, see the resources we have to offer. But right now, we're going to talk to you about something that's most important to all of our lives, especially if you're in the twilight of your life. PCH, a lot of our leaders are in the twilight of their life. And I'm very concerned about this issue. Well, sure. Uh, I mean, and I'm with you, Daryl, but of course, the, the reality is people can and do die, don't even get into their teen years, let alone in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And we're all in our 60s, and we've all lost, I've lost friends in every mm-hmm. area, and even family, you know, much younger than that. But, but assuredly, uh, those who are older, there's only so much time. And, we're not trying to appeal to a fear, but to reality. If you go to your doctor and they tell you you have uh, a serious heart issue, and literally people not wanting to listen to the doctor and literally died trying to walk out of the office um, or literally collapsed and had to be taken immediately to the operation room at the local hospital because, indeed, the doctor's not trying to scare them. They're telling them the truth. I mean, they're not trying to scare them in the sense of a, of a false fear. It's a, you know, there's some things you should be afraid of. And um, if you have any sense, one of them is dying of a heart attack needlessly when you can get treated. Well, so, so my point is, we're not just trying to appeal to fear. We're feeling to reality. Look, friend, you can do all kinds of things. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, gender, what used to be called gender reassignment surgery, um, whatever. Uh, but it's not going to bring you contentment and fulfillment. You're not going to find that meaning and purpose in life. You're not going to get rid of that emptiness, that void. It's like a, that hole in your soul that you keep trying to fill. You know there's something wrong or something's missing. You're incomplete, and you're looking for something and sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever, to put in there, and you think, that that thing is going to fulfill me. And it's not. We're not trying to be mean to you. We're trying to tell you the truth so you can find what the the only thing, if I can say a thing, the only person, actually, who can give you meaning and purpose and fill the void, the emptiness at the center of your being. And that is you need a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to trust in Him and ask for forgiveness of your sins. And, you know, we're not saying you're a bigger sinner than we are. We're just as bad. We've already done it. We'll confess our sins. We, we are guilty as well. We're not, um, uh, like, the holier than thou. We're fellow travelers uh, that we're acknowledging. We're beggars telling another beggar where you can get a meal, mm-hmm. if you will. And it's by trusting in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And and if you're struggling with issues of your sexuality or gender, what have you, uh, you need to bring that to God. Yeah, get some good sound counsel, some great medical counsel and psychological counsel, but bring it to God and ask God for help and for wisdom and insight into what's going on with you. Again, we're not here to condemn people, but we are here to speak the truth in love. But notice, we're going to argue it's both, in love, but the truth. Not just, we're not going to tell you what you want to hear. We're going to tell you what we believe, in fact, is true, what God's Word says. 
And it's, I mean, I just say quickly, I think of Johns Hopkins and many other hospitals in the Netherlands and that. Uh, John, Johns Hopkins has stopped doing all gender reassignment. Yeah. Again, that's not the term used anymore, but uh, surgeries because the people who have these are more depressed and suicidal than those who don't have it. Why, I would, I would argue, part of it is because I think this is going to fix them and this will take care of that void and emptiness and lack of meaning and purpose and fulfillment in their life, and it doesn't. So what do you do? Who's more miserable than the person who thinks, if I could just get this, mm. if I could just win the lottery, if I could just <clears throat> accomplish X, Y, or Z, but that's going to bring me fulfillment. Who's the person who's more miserable than that person? The one who actually reaches their goals, and then yes. they realize the goal won't, won't do what they thought it was going to do. And so we want to speak the truth to you in love, my friend. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you may say, I'm not struggling with that. No, but you're struggling with, even as a heterosexual, with being... With being uh, uh, appropriate and having sex only in marriage. I mean, we'll just, it just changes, but it, it, we all have stuff. We all have the issues we struggle with. We all have our sins that we wrestle with that are our pet sins and need to ask for forgiveness from God and then let give, let him give you the, if he wants to change you in any year of life, then let him do that. Don't try to do it yourself. Let God give you the energy from within, the power from within by the power of the Holy Spirit who comes to live within you, a third person of the Holy Trinity, will give you the grace and power and strength you need to, to, to walk a life that is, is pleasing to God and will not be necessarily be easy. I'm not saying that, but it'll be fulfilling. It will bring contentment. It is life and that more abundantly. Christ said he came to give us life and that more abundantly. You're looking for life and you've not found it, and I'm going to tell you right now as a friend, you're not going to find it in the places you've been looking. You're not going to find it there. It's not there. Take any of them, all the ones you want to put in there. Do gooderism to, you know, whatever, thrill-seeking, bungee-jumping. Put it, fill in the blanks. You're not going to find fulfillment, but in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's time, to, my friend, to stop running from God and run to God and let God give you life and that more abundantly through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Indeed. 888 is the number. 888 is the number for you to call in with your open, honest questions, with your open, honest questions. Brian, we didn't do it on the other side of the break. If you can help me uh, let the people know how they can participate as far as their financial giving, we need, do need to hear from them so we can make sure we stay on top of all of our associated costs with this ministry, not our salaries, because... We don't get them uh, through this ministry. It'd be great if we could, but we don't at this particular time. So please let the people know how they can participate in it. But, uh, folks, while we Brian's doing that, go ahead and call in or go to our website and email us questions at Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, or call in right now. Eric has some open lines at 888-995-5552. Yeah, Daryl, the uh, two ways they can give is one uh, right through the website. You can go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says support this ministry. They could do it that way. Um, Very simple, very easy to do. Or they can go right uh, if they want to uh, mail in a check or cash a check, money order, whatever the case might be. They can make it out to Living by the Word, Mm -hmm. and they can mail it to P.O. Box 90477. Once again, P.O. Box 90477. That's in Los Angeles, California, 90009, Los Angeles, 
California 90009. And we definitely want to thank those that support this ministry. We want to thank those by that. And when I say support, I mean by their financial donations as well as their prayers. And uh, again, we want to thank you for doing that. And by all means, from all of us here on the team, uh, definitely a big thank you. You know, folks, as you're listening in, I know um, people, it's interesting that the calls are not coming in as we normally see them come in. But here's one of the things I want to do share with folks. Just because we have this live broadcast, this is not the only time that you can actually communicate with the ministry and communicate with Brian, Craig, and myself. We have resources and we have other things that we do during the week and we do daily whereby you can communicate with us. Even your questions are for me, even your comments. In regards, I'm always interested in what people are thinking because in their comments is a question that we might be able to utilize or get uh, answered in by responding to your comments. So please, here's one of the ways that you can actually make questions and comments by going to our Facebook page daily. I post chronologically the, the Bible in a chronological order daily. About 20 minutes worth of reading or audio listening and reading and listening at the same time. I would suggest to do that because you use a, a whole lot of your gates, eye gate, ear gate, and be able to follow along as you read along and make your comments or make, you know, do that for yourself. Read that word of God daily. Do that for yourself. Or you have a question out of the things you read today, we're on numbers, uh, I think it was eight, nine today. Then you can also write those questions on our Facebook page and we'll get them off and use them during the broadcast or try to answer them during the week. But also during the week, uh, we have something, Brian, that you do on Wednesdays. I'm going to let you talk about that as the Bible study. And Craig, also the things that you do as far as people calling in and if i'm not mistaken craig there's a thing called his channel that you're on wednesday at i always get the time wrong it's either one o'clock or one thirty. but i do have the phone number that they can call even right now and get their questions in there so that you might be able to respond to them craig tell us more about this his channel and what you do as far as on his channel well, thanks, Darren. Of course, of, of the eye gate, ear gate. My favorite is the tailgate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Football, man. Something for another. Yes. Yes, sir. I know it's always food involved. PCH. I'm just probably not big as me. I'm very, hey, su- I'm very supportive of that. Cheating. There you go. There you go. That's not only true, but it also rhymes. I like that. Well, go ahead. I said it's not only true, but it also rhymes. I like that. But let's just oh, talk. Let's you. let's get back to this his channel because it's so important well, exactly. that people. Yeah. So telephonically, I want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> got it. He got it. He got it. He got it. You got it, brother. You got it today. <laughs> it's yours today. I forgot to use my word. God dang it. <laughs> back to the point, Craig. We have too much fun on this show. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we're, not, we're not on a break. <laughs> I have the privilege of, of hosting one of the editions of today's Bible Questions on his channel. Not my channel, not Daryl's or Brian's, but his channel, hischannel.com, uh, Internet TV. Uh, I think they have some great programs yes. on his channel. And you can, uh, there's a number, you can call that number and you can text your questions. And uh, I get them. Or others, and uh, we, I attempt to answer those, your questions. On Wednesdays, it airs from 1 to 2 p.m., 1 to 2 p.m. on his channel. If you want the number, it's 714 815 7097. 714 
815-815-7097. And here's the cool thing. You can text your question 24-7-365. I mean, at 3 o'clock in the morning tonight, uh, in the morning, if you want to text your question, go, it'll still come through. And then I'll have it there when I come into the studio and attempt to be able to answer that. So it's a real privilege. And telephonically, you can communicate that way. And I, I look, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, 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 look at Smarty Pants. Uh, when they when they do do it at like three o'clock in the morning, I know you'll be up anyway. Do you get that notification, a little bing in your ear or something like that, or do, are you just get it when you go into the studio? <laughs> they have them all printed out. Actually, oh, very good, man. Because I'm, 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 I got this new phone, and this thing lets me know I have everything coming in. It makes a bunch of noise. You have to turn the phone off. So I wonder if you get those notifications like that as well. But anyway, appreciate that. <laughs> By the way, thank you, and, and I just want a personal appreciation with you, Daryl. I appreciate you sharing with me your, your favorite <laughs> words, such as telephonic. I just think you love that word. You know what? And, I, and since you're not plagiarizing it, I think it's okay I with do. the Lord as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian, what about Wednesdays, brother? What's happening with the Bible study? Wednesday night Bible studies from 730. It starts at 730, about an hour, hour and a half, and they can just go to BIBVBS. Uh, Bible Info Brokers, virtual Bible study dot com, uh, BIBVBS, and link on to the um, to the uh, Zoom uh, uh, Bible study. And uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try the um, um, Google has one. I've okay. been going to one on because uh, I do a lot of uh, uh, meetings with the parents in the schools, uh, and they have. They they use Google and it's free. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, try yeah. it because I mean you got to pay for Zoom. This yeah. one, if, if it, and it, it works really really well. So oh, yeah, be efficient with the Lord's money, my brother. Be efficient with the Lord's money. Uh, guys, look, uh, Eric. I, I can't have Eric sitting over there just answering one call and, and, and every now and then. Man, we're gonna get to you in one second. I want to deal with this question that uh, Mark from Facebook brought up. But let me give the information again. Call in, email us, or uh, tweet us questions at. Um, Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, tweet, or the email.com website. You can email us those questions that way. We get them, and we'll deal with those questions tonight if you bring them in or all during the week, and we have them ready for next week. If you want to call Eric right now, he's very gracious to everyone. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552 is the number. One of the things that I saw this um, Facebook question, Brian, I don't think we dealt with it, and it just came in between last week and this week, and it's from Mark. Mark. And Mark asked a question in regards to if a spouse um, leaves you, then files for divorce, and he wants to know during the process, is it okay to date before the divorce is uh, settled? Does the Bible talk about that in any kind of way, guys? Yes. <laughs> well, what saith the Lord? No. <laughs> Oh, bro. Why don't you say what you really mean? Oh, what he really mean? What, what do you mean? Oh, no. <laughs> but she left me. But she left me. But she, they're not divorced. Let me be, yeah. Let me be more sensitive. No, it's, it's, it's adultery. You, you, you need to stay. Look, first of all, and again, I'm not blaming Mark. I don't know what happened. But many times, not always, but many times it's not just one party. It's both contribute to the destruction of the marriage. So, um, but, it, but there are times when one party just says, I'm out of here, or goes and commits adultery. And, and, and so I don't always want to, I hate when people say, oh, it takes two to tangle. No, it doesn't. Mm. That's not true. 
especially in this day and age, and women are equal opportunity. Adults are just like men have always been. So it's yeah, you're liberated, all right. You can sin just like we do. Um, but uh, but to the point though, I digress. Uh, to the point is no, you got to be do all you can to save that marriage. Uh, I. I believe it's, it's right and good before the Lord that to do what you can to save it. So let me put it this way. Uh, you have no right until you are divorced uh, legally. You have no right to be pursuing any other type of relationship, casual dating or whatever you want to call it. No, but it's not just that. You should be trying to work and save the marriage. Now, look, if your spouse wants out, especially in, in no-fault states, which most of them are, um, you know, that they want out, you can delay it six months, and that's about it. But but before the Lord, it's the right and good thing to do all you can to to save save the marriage, to see that person, uh, stay, you know, work with them, try to save the marriage, uh, what have you. Um, that's that's what the Lord would have of you, uh, and not dating. Because look, when you're dating, you're 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 out the door, man. Your your heart is. Is set on doing whatever, and that's. And let me tell you, just tell you this, and and I'm not. I don't want to be careful. I don't want to just blame the person because sometimes it literally is the one party. They want out, and they instigate it, and or commit adultery or whatever. Um, but 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 you know, people they do they jump from one relationship to another, and that's not healthy. And and I, I cannot tell you how many times men and women I know they had picked some type of really unhealthy person. Um, emotionally, spiritually, and they do the same thing again, or they go to the other extreme, both men and women. And and sometimes one of the best things in the world, again, assuming first of all, it was the divorce is not your fault. You're not the one seeking it or or, or even encouraging it because you want to be free. Number one, but number two is you need some time. Time if a divorce goes through, you need time to to think through and what happened and. What happened to this marriage? Did I contribute anything to it? Um, what happened, and how can I be healthy and whole? And, and if you have biblical grounds to get remarried, that you think about that re- really carefully. And, okay, so do, do I have some unhealthy things? Do I pick unhealthy people? I mean, look, I've known both guys and gals, but I've known gals that married guys that beat them. And I'm not saying they wanted it. I'm saying... That, they married this person, and sometimes they were literally warned. I've known people who were warned, this guy is a, is bad news, and they wouldn't listen. You go, so what's up with that? Well, we're in love. And then I've seen them get a divorce and then get married the same type of guy again. And you got to go, again, this doesn't justify it. I'm not trying to excuse it, but you need to be healthy. Go, why do I choose this way? What's up with that? What's going on psychologically? And I'm going to argue... If you're not reasonably emotionally healthy, and none of us are completely emotionally healthy, but we're hopefully on the road. We're, we're, we're going that direction. That's the trajectory is to be as whole and healthy as possible. But I'm going to argue now you could be saved, of course, and be emotionally unhealthy. Let me be clear. You can be saved. Know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and just be a baptist of mercy. But... But you, I'm going to argue you will never be spiritually mature as a believer unless you have a certain level of emotional maturity. And part of that is dealing with our stuff and, and from our, the baggage we picked up from our families of origin and, and otherwise. And then, you know, what is my contribution to the destruction of a relationship or, and or unhealthiness of, of, of your kids? I mean, so, but, but, but back to the point, 
No, you have no grounds. In fact, it's wrong. Not only do you have bad grounds, you are not to be pursuing other relations, casually dating or otherwise, if you're still married. And and again, even the idea, it's, it's kind of like the person, like, when you talk about people having relations before they're married, the person says, well, how far can I go? Okay, so what can I do? Heavy petting, whatever. And it's like, no, your heart's in the wrong place to begin with. That's the completely wrong question. You're pushing the limit. You want to go, uh, basically, how much can I gratify myself and still be within the bounds? That that shows me that there's something amiss there. That That's not where you should be, my friend. You should want to see this marriage saved. I know you're not Superman. If the spouse is not willing to repent and, and forsake the, the, the divorce and work on the relationship, yeah, then it can be out of your control. But it's amazing how many times it really is in our control if we would simply own some of our stuff and be willing to, to work on stuff and not just put everything on the, on the other one. Sometimes it is mainly them, as I said. Um, but you want to be healthy and whole before the Lord, and you should not be pursuing another relationship. It's not wrong. It is. It would be sin. And it's just, it, even if it wasn't, and it is, it's simply unhealthy. It's unwise. Let me add this right quick, Craig, which is not talked about enough, in my opinion. And it's more mm-hmm. than my opinion. I think it's what the Bible teaches. And I, I'm staying corrected if I'm wrong. But I just have a serious, serious problem with um, divorces or any kind of thing that we have in among believers. And then we have to go to court. Well, in things that are legal, like marriages like that, yeah, you have to go to court. But the idea is that the church should be handling these divorces. That should be where all the evidence and everything is brought before a man and talked about. Because here's what the courts, coming out of the courts, I know they would, they would do. The only thing the court wants to happen is people to work out their own issues if they can. And then bring the results that the court needs to rubber stamp it. I'm saying rubber stamp it. The court is, have a responsibility to the whole uh, system that we have to make sure one person is not getting unfairly treated in any kind of judgment that they may agree upon. So the court's not going to let you violate any of your so-called rights rules or what have you. But one of the things I think we do, and we don't take First Corinthians uh, 6 serious enough, which is to have the body of Christ if you indeed call yourself a Christian, deal with, yea, even these divorces. Now, I've never heard any uh, preacher talk about it in all my uh, Christian life. I know I've been running my mouth about it quite a bit in many in many areas. And every every preacher, every um, uh, senior pastor, if you would, every leader of every church, every board I talk to about it, say, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. It's a great idea. And then I say, well, why aren't you guys doing it? At this particular church or whatever, they say, yeah, has a bit much. And then our advisors tell us that it's a big legal problem. And I suggest this. It only becomes a legal problem if you think that your judgment is going to hold water just because you say it. Yo, the person still has to go to court in the case of uh, marriage and divorce and get the court to, like I said, for the lack of the term, rubber stamp it. Then the court has a responsibility to the two citizens to make sure that this stuff, no one is violating the other one, right? Because you're dealing with property, you're dealing with children, you're dealing with all those things. But how we deviate and run from the body of Christ, handling even serious things like this. You come to the church and get married, but yet you go to the world and get a divorce. I have a serious problem with that, and God's been dealing with my heart with that for many, many years. And not just mine, but many other folks. And I challenge you to challenge me if I'm wrong in that area, folks. And we do need to do something about it. That's just my little pet peeve in that.
Triple well, A. Go ahead, Craig. I, and I, I share that, but I uh, would tell you, I've also seen churches totally mishandle divorces and come down on the wrong person. I've seen churches be naive and have unbiblical views and thrash the person who actually was not at fault mm-hmm. and give the person who was a pass. That's that's horrific. So the church needs wisdom, and the church needs to abide by godly and uh, wisdom, uh, biblical counsel, and, and and in Greek we talk about the word Sophia. That's wisdom. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, literally means wisdom. But there's phronesis, which means practical wisdom, the wisdom to live a, a life, to live life well. And sometimes the church lacks phronesis, and that's why I think every church should have someone who really is gifted in counseling. And uh, preferably on staff, or at least uh, does it for free. Patricia, um, I'm, I'm involved in the brother who was ordained and was pastored for years and years and years, and just a real dear friend. And he's just very gifted at counseling. And we referred to those difficult matters to him in light of his biblical his faithfulness to God's word and his experience in counseling, because sometimes the church renders really bad judgment. So I agree with you, Daryl, but that assumes the church knows what it's doing, and sometimes, <clears throat> frankly, the church doesn't, because people are really naive. And, and it, Proverbs tells us sometimes, the first to present his case seems right. How many times have I heard this? Somebody comes and tells me about their spouse, and it's, oh, and I think, what a, what a dog, what a rat. Boy, you, yeah, divorce that person. Yeah, they're done. And then I hear the other side, and I'm like, whoops, uh, they didn't tell me everything. Um, even if they didn't do it intentionally, they don't. Uh, people often bias things, uh, shade it towards their, you know, making them look good. You need somebody who has a real experience, very biblical, sound godly advice, wisdom and counseling, and understanding psychological issues of broken people, and that's what we all are, broken, sinful people, and then bring that to bear to try to bring healing to a relationship that's basically sick, sick on no, death, i.e. divorce. Indeed with, indeed with that, and I'm still saying, I'm still holding true to what I said, I don't let you, don't disagree with me in regards to that. Yeah, the problem is how we deal with that. The the thing that the world would do as far as when you bring something to court that's all messed up and let's just say lopsided as it were, then the world, who does it much better than we do, won't allow that to happen. They won't let, uh, especially in divorce cases, they won't allow that situation to be lopsided when it comes down to, say, a woman or a traditional situation. A woman may not have worked and a man worked, and then they, he's trying to hide things and all these other various things. The court will not allow that, but there's enough wisdom in the body of Christ, not necessarily at your congregation, but in the body of Christ for attorneys to really step up their game who does this for a living and make countless millions of dollars in this area to uh, glorify God by giving back to the body of Christ and stay consistent with what the Bible tells us about not going to the world for decisions when we have grievances against each other. That's what I'm talking about. And I know that's what you know I'm talking about. It's just a problem is that, like you said, Craig, we just don't do it. And that's what Paul was even criticizing uh, the Corinthian church back in the day for not doing it. So there you have it. Triple eight. Go ahead. You want to make any final thoughts, Craig? No, I I agree with you. I I think it's well put. I'm just, I I, I believe it should be done at the church level. It needs to be done well. Because typically, what, but what does the world say? Well, if you're not happy, then do what makes you happy. The world's answer is almost always, do what makes you happy. And God says, no, do what's holy and righteous and good. That's, that's the point. Good for the, 
for the other person, which will be good for you in the long run, and which is glorifying to God, which again will in the long run be good for you. It may not be easy, but it is truly what is good. And we always, we almost always want the easy out. We, I want, I'm suffering. I'm not happy. I want to be happy. Like, oh yeah, that's the world revolves around your happiness. That's all that matters. That you're happy. Um, No, my friend, grow up. And that's why, and that, and that's why I make that that point I made. Bring it to the church because all the world's going to care about is the goodies. They can care less about if anybody, you know, the no fault divorces rampant out in California and all that type of many other states. That's why the church need to get involved with every single situation like that. Every single situation and get involved. If your church can't handle it, then you need to, the body of Christ can handle it. And we have enough wisdom in the body of Christ, enough expertise in the body of Christ to handle it fully and bring a complete document to the world to rubber stamp so that the world can see that the Christians are taking care of business like God told us to do. That's my little pet peeve. I'm going to get off of it right now and give the number out of 888-995-5552. That's a telephonic number, by the way, Craig. They can call right now, 888-995-5552. Talk to Eric telephonically. I'm going to say the word just as many times you do it, Craig. And while you talk to him telephonically, he'll set us up and give us uh, your question on the screen so we can talk to you telephonically about your question and give you a biblical answer. Now, that's enough telephonic talk. What? What, Craig? What? You can say it all you want. Uh, You got it first. I know. I know, I know. You got me this week. Anyway, folks, 888 Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for Facebook, tweet, email, or, or dot com website. Dan, let's talk to Dan. Dan is over there waiting. He got something to say. Um, or I have a question here. Let me see. My good friend, Dan. My brother, Dan, from South Bay. How you doing, brother? Hi, I'm okay. Good, no. good. To be honest, I could use prayer about... Uh, I had a CT scan, and the doctor left word the next day to call in for an appointment. You said you saw the doctor? You said the doctor's got, you're waiting for a call back from you? I haven't seen the doctor. Oh, man. Word to call back and make an appointment. Okay. So come in and talk. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was a thoracic one, which is like the chest CT scan. Okay, Um, brother. Anyway, well, Dan, let, Dan let me say this. Let me say this about that, what you just said. Folks, yeah. that's another reason that the Facebook page that we have up, we can share these things with each other. Folks put all kind of cuckoo for Cocoa Puff stuff on the Facebook. I can't believe it. I don't see how people have time to work with all the stuff people put on there. I don't, I don't read it, but the idea is when I see some things, I, you know, like a birthday of a cousin I haven't seen for a while, I try to look and see what people are saying, but it's always the same old stuff. Folks, take an opportunity uh, to use our Facebook page and share with each other your prayer requests, things like that, questions, comments. Just take advantage of all the resources that we have available. And Dan, I appreciate you doing that. And uh, uh, Bobby, one of our good friends, Bobby Bond, uh, I need to get back with you about what's happening with Jean's uh, sister as well. When Bobby had called and gave me the privilege and opportunity to pray for that situation, I know he doesn't mind me saying it because that's what we are here for, uh, and that's what we are believers should be praying one for another especially in those situations craig all the people you're talking about that died in your family man not you know not just in your family but your friends and your people at the church and just uh, when i told bev what you told me craig uh, she just just let's just almost just broke down and cried because that's just so much that goes on in our lives but god is still gracious god is still faithful and that's who we are to be going to our knees on so dan thank you for the privilege to just use your situation yeah, and, well, people don't realize 
this is Bible information brokers, but it did come out of living by the word, mm-hmm. which is a part of the body of Christ, and it is a church. And so I still think of it as the church, and I go to you guys in, in that way. Yep. So um, now to go to the question, because okay. uh, we're running out of time. It's not fair to other people. The, uh, with this going on in the current, and as a child growing up, before I was ever saved all my life, I'd heard that if we ever had a Third World War, that it would lead to the end. And I didn't know whether that was biblical or not. I've never really, since I've been saved, I never really heard of it. Well, if you go to a Third World War, if we get into it with Russia or China, that will lead to Armageddon. Uh, I haven't really heard that. But it occurs to me that this this could begin, this could start a bunch of stuff. And I know that even though the United States isn't mentioned in in the Bible and in Revelation, that we know that the world will split as it usually does uh, into two sides. It's those who side with Russia and, and uh, Gog and Magog, which is mentioned in the Bible, and those against them, which is usually Europe and us. And Australia and all those that have split during World War One and World War Two will probably split again, and it'll come down to Israel, which is mentioned. All that's mentioned in the Bible. Do you think that this is possibly all setting up to that to that end? And uh, you know, well, I guess so. And tribulation and all of that. I mean, during these battles that are going on, we could have the seven years go on the same time and Christ come at the end of it because I feel like that's at the end of Armageddon before Israel is totally destroyed that's when God stops it and then Christ returns the way I the way I think it plays out but is this setting up for that somebody else asked earlier is this the end times Um, just do you think have any opinions on What's going on in Ukraine setting it up? I mean, Russia and China are lining up. And there are, besides Ukraine, there there's Christians in the Ukraine, but there's also about six, over 60 million Christians in Russia. I'm done. Well, here, anything's possible except squeezing toothpaste back into the tube. It's possible. I guess my comments on understanding where, where I am on this is that I just, I'm not saying this is the, the precursor to, to Armageddon. I just, I'm saying that, but the powers that I believe the Bible talks about at the end times are, are in play. They're already there. Russia, I mean, clearly is as a major world power, and China is, and China is growing by leaps and bounds. They're spending billions, mm-hmm. not millions, billions of dollars upgrading their their military, for example, making these aircraft carriers and and so on and so forth. I've uh, I've spent a lot of time, as you know, in Southeast Asia, and they're everywhere, and 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 they're flexing their muscle. And they even have, uh, have ports and things like that in Africa. They would lend money, then these countries couldn't pay it back, and right. they said, "Well, we'll tell you what, we'll call it even. Just give us a couple of your ports, you, you know, your harbors, and we'll yeah. call it even." Um, I mean. Uh, there's and there's been a lot of really good books and material written even by non-Christians about this about China and it's the, what they would use the term vassal states these states uh, and by states I mean governments like Cambodia that are subservient to China uh, because China's invested so heavily in them and at any rate I mean the powers that be uh, and I think of Iran and other nations that just hate Israel. 
I think of China backing them, and Russia clearly has such as Syria as well. I mean, uh, again, we've been in the end times since the second coming, I mean, the first coming of Christ, so as John tells us. So, but, but I, I mean, I'm, I've not been, uh, here's what happened. As a young Christian, I got so burned out in prophecy because everybody, mm. oh, the Lord's coming back, you know, blah, 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 blah. I, I read all this stuff, heard all this stuff, and they were wrong, 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 and uh, wrong. And so at any rate, I kind of got burned out on it, but I want to come, come, come back to more, I believe, a healthier biblical balance. Uh, I don't try to read the, my Bible through the newspaper, but I can't help but notice things going on that do fall into play. Again, I mentioned even Germany being, yeah, NATO, but they're just, they've really had to be enforced with to bring them to come along to do anything worthwhile. Um, but, but you look at Russia, you look at China, you look at, like, Iran and the other powers that hate Israel, and I've often said, I mean, I've heard it said, and I think you can make a case that, yeah, America is nowhere mentioned in the Bible, but it does talk about Dan and be Dan, and and here not necessarily the tribe of Israel, Dan, but that going into Great Britain and whatnot, and here young lions, well, we came out of Great Britain. But I, I will say this, I will speculate this much, you know, wherever we are, here's what I know, two things. I want to live as if I'm going to die tomorrow. Yes. I want to live today like this is my last mm-hmm. day. But I'm going to plan like I'm going to live another 30 years or so, or 40. Uh, not too likely, but that's how I'm going to I'm going to try to plan. But but I want to live as if this is my last day. That I'm having my personal eschatology. Yes, the Lord could come back, but He also could come for me because I die in a car wreck or you know otherwise. And I think people get lulled into sleep that they they say, well, you know, you see the Lord coming back, or I'm going to live to be 70, minimally 80, maybe 90. Uh, who told you that? Mm. Um, no, that that's there's no promise. Yeah, you can look at actuary charts and how long people in America are living in general and all that, but there's no guarantees that you're going to. I'm talking to the individual right now. Uh, there's no guarantees, and all of us on this program, we've lost friends and family who can even make it out of their teens, let alone the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or otherwise. So... At any rate, I, w- I want to live that way, but I, I am intrigued by what's going on and and the, the situation. But what I was here we go. What I wanted to say was, I, I personally, what I uh, the reason I think America's not mentioned is because I think we're going to be we're so deluded. We don't matter. See, we have mattered for the last two hundred years, especially the last. 50 to 100 years, but we're losing our power. We're losing, Brian was, and Darren was saying it earlier, our status. We are power, and I believe we're going to sell out. I believe this country is going to become more and more compromised. We're already spiritually totally committing adultery on a daily basis, spiritually speaking. And there's so much rampant, radical immorality that God has actually destroyed nations directly yes. for. And we're doing that stuff and, and, and reveling in it. Passing laws so for I, it. My, Passing laws for yeah. approval. Yeah, my personal conviction is, this. my, my personal belief from my understanding of the Bible is, America's not mentioned because we're not going to count. We don't. We will not matter because we're going to be basically neutralized because we're so wicked. And, and and look, remember, remember, 
God used the Assyrians to yes. judge Israel, and they were called. They were known as the dreaded Assyrians. These are the guys who would, for example, would capture people and they would cut them open, take out their 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 intestines, uh, nail it to a pole, and then whip them, make them go around the pole so they disemboweled themselves. Mm-hmm. That's just one of the many lovely things they did to people. And then God used the Babylonians, as wicked as they were, to yep. judge Israel. And so, why does America think? Why do we, as Americans, think we're we're above that? We're going to get some preferential treatment. Uh, this, this nation doesn't repent. And here's what I want to say. If the church doesn't repent, we're the problem. We're messed up. Look, the world acts like the world. No kidding. Surprise. It's The problem is us. We're acting like the world. We outdo the world. Look how many well-known Christians, I want to say celebrities, you know, when pastors have fallen in gross immorality and both for years, some of them decades or more in, in sexual immorality, for example, or otherwise. I mean, the church, we are, we are so messed up. And by that, I mean, yeah, we're sinners like everybody else, but I mean, unrepentant sin, and, and sin is so institutionalized in the church. And I'm not, not talking about Roman Catholics, per se. I'm talking about Protestants. I'm talking about us. We are so messed up. We need to repent. We need revival. We need reformation. How's the world going to have a revival and, and know the Lord Jesus Christ when we're so messed up and so compromised? And sorry, so there's my soapbox. I'll put it away now, Daryl. Well, I mean, um, but it's go ahead, yeah. Brent. But we're the pro- we're the problem. I think America is going to be taken out because we don't. Just, not that we won't exist per se. I don't know, but we just won't matter because we'll be insignificant. Let me let me just add my two cents in here real quickly. The technology has been in place for a long time for the end times, as far as I'm concerned. Once they came up with those, the credit card type uh, situation or the implanting of various things that you can put within your body where, where you can well, you know, or, scan. Yeah, the QR code. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. So I think the technology is in place. Here's what I think about the the idea about America. Two things, I think. The number one thing is that we may be part of a one world government, that it, but it doesn't make any difference for me because the great experience, or the great experience, the great experiment of America it did well. It did well. It did well for its time. And I'm saying this because the freedom that we got, we have in America, and the abuse of that freedom is no different from the abuse of the freedom that God gave Adam and Eve, and then it perpetuated to what we have right now. It's been a slow burn. And because of God's uh, graciousness and his uh, His uh, patience. But remember the situation with Noah. So God is not to be played with or, or, or to be, um, you know, just joked with. So the reality of the matter of the end times and all that stuff they talk about in Matthew and Jesus said, don't let people deceive you. There are many people that's, you know, came and, you know, the signs and the rumors and all that kind of stuff. Hey, look, just don't get so caught up in it, Craig. And I can understand what you're saying. As a young Christian, you hear about that stuff, you get burnt out because you need to be living today just like Craig suggested. You live today like it's your last because you don't know if it is and then by living today as though it's your last then you're able to understand that you as a believer in Jesus Christ you as a believer in Jesus Christ you have the perfect situation I know we only have about three minutes left let me be quick that we already settled the death issue Brian and Craig and Dan and listening audience we already settled the death issue so now why wouldn't we want to bring with us as many people as God put before us to take care of the death issue as well so that they can then live the few hours, days, months, or years that they have left because you're not promised tomorrow. You're not. And that's it. Guys, we only have a couple of minutes left. Dan, I'm going to have to let you go, brother. I want to take this last call of Carol, but I appreciate your phone call, brother, and God bless you for calling Thank in. You. And we'll be in prayer about your situation. Please post it on our Facebook page, man, as a reminder to all for you. Okay, Dan? 
right, thank you. Love you, Dave. Love you too, brother. Appreciate you. Guys, and the last call for the night we're going to take is going to be Carol from Van Nuys. And I, if, if what um, every, uh, put here I think is most appropriate dealing with the idea of Black History Month. Carol, I believe you're from Van Nuys? Um, yeah, um, someone told me that they said that Jesus is black and mentioned something in the Bible. Uh, I don't remember what they said, and I've heard it several other times in the past as well. Well, I mean, I'll let the most qualified person to speak on that speak on that. Craig, is Jesus black, my brother? No, he probably was always skin, dark skin, definitely. He's, he's Semitic. He's near, was near Eastern. He's not going to be really white. He's going to be dark complexed. Uh, so, but but not but uh, that's my knowledge. There's no evidence that he was in fact it was black. So you're saying that he wasn't Kushite or Ethiopian, and you're also saying he wasn't European white. So the white Jesus or the black Jesus is not the Jesus, more of an olive skin, uh, sort of a brownish skin uh, Jesus. Is that what you're Darryl, saying, Greg? Well, Daryl, well put. Very well. There you go, Carol. And on top of that, it shouldn't matter what color he is. Well, but but I like your question. No, and, it, don't. and it doesn't matter, Brian. It doesn't matter because he is the Jesus of the Bible. And Carol, I personally believe, and I thank you, especially my black side, thank you for asking that question. But my Scottish side saying what Brian says, it don't matter. Thank you. God bless you, Carol. You too. Guys, we have about 90 seconds left. You can take... The appropriate amount of time you want, just leave me time to say my last saying before this Black History Month is over. Well, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that uh, I'm gonna just kind of finish what what our last caller was saying, and and just say it doesn't matter uh, what color Jesus Christ was. The fact is that he came to this earth, he died for our sins, and he did that so we can spend eternity with him Amen. when we die so and, and again eternity is too long to be wrong Amen. no matter what color he was Greg yeah live, live life today like each day is your last because you're not guaranteed uh, uh, tomorrow be right with God know Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior walk with him love on your loved ones let them know every day that you love them uh, because you're not guaranteed tomorrow and when you're gone you're not saying goodbye to anybody Live today to the fullest. Really appreciate that appreciation, Brian, on behalf of the whole team. Uh, Gabriel, thank you. Eric, of sure, Brian, PCH. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Cooper for today's sermon. And it's a great sermon because it was dealing with the identity we have in Christ from Galatians, or as they say, Galatians 3, 28. And they're about, we're dealing with, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, nor Greek nor free. I'm sorry, Greek or um, or Jew. Free, slave, everybody's the same in Christ, dealing with your identity. So if Jesus is black, like people think, or uh, European, the color as they think, like Brian, we just said, not important. What is important is that do you identify with a proper identification and take the appropriated gift that God gave to us, which is his son saving our wretched soul. Do you identify with that? If you don't get identified with it, read your word, accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Because if you don't, then you won't be able to do like Mama Grace and Big Daddy's baby boy said when he dies. Before I die, let me say what I said. I'm safe. I'm saved. Before you die, can you say the same thing? Get saved today. 
Know that there's a God in heaven that loves you and saved you already. Why wouldn't you accept that gift? Why wouldn't you accept that gift? Why wouldn't you accept the gracious gift that God gave you? Think about it. We thank you for listening in. The Lord willing, we'll be back next week with more of the Bible Information Brokers presented by Living by the Word Ministries and the listening audience who supports us 100. And we thank you very much for it. God bless.